Jonah chapter 3 tonight. Jonah chapter 3. Tonight, uh, I really wanted us to look at surrender. You know, have we really surrendered to God and what He wants from our lives? And uh, it's really unconditional surrender. Uh, let's just read the text first. Jonah chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. I mean, verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city, a three days journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days... And Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let no man and beast, be, but, but let all men and beasts be covered with sackcloth and cry mildly to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from the fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he said that he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time we have together tonight. Make your word come alive. Just speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit through your word. And Father, let it sink deep within our hearts. Let us grow from it. Let us most of all be obedient to you so that we're faithful doers of the word and not forgetful hearers. And we thank you for all that you're about in our lives and in our church. In Christ's name, amen. I don't know if you've ever watched a child have a tantrum. Uh, Sort of looks like a Baptist preacher having one. But uh, I've watched them lay on the floor and cry and scream and holler. Uh, I've watched parents react in different ways. But one thing, no matter how you react to a child's tantrum, is, is this. The child, when he finally surrenders to the parents or to the adults, is okay. Things are okay. They can be bawling and squalling one minute and smiling and laughing the next minute. But it takes that moment of surrender to what the parents want done rather than what they want done. I think sometimes we're like that. We come to the rebellious prophet Jonah. He shouldn't be alive for what he had done to God. He shouldn't be alive, but God in his grace had caused the great fish to swallow him, spit him up on land. Uh, you know the moral of that story, don't you? Good man's hard to keep down. Some of you will get that later. <laughs> I had to say it, okay? Anyway, basically what we learn is this. We must totally surrender our will and our way in order to obey God. We must totally surrender our will and our way to obey God. And so What does that look like? If it happened to 
to Jonah, and it happens to us in the same ways. First of all is this, in verses 1 through 3, when we, when we surrender to God, we go by His plan. Did you hear that? When we surrender to God, we go by His plan. Again, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, notice, the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I shall tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord, and Nineveh was a great city a three days journey in extender took three days to walk across it what i want you to realize is this from the beginning god planned to use jonah to bring the ninevites to repentance from the very beginning he wanted to use jonah as the instrument of his gaining glory in a heathen pagan city and even though Jonah had ran away, even Jonah had, be, had been cast into the sea, even though a great fish had swallowed him, God took everything he could, and he still had the same plan to use Jonah in Nineveh. The plan never changed. Only Jonah changed. Whatever God calls us to do, you realize he wants us to do it. He calls us to do it. The plan doesn't change. Sometimes he has to change us in order for it to get done. You see, we need to understand that the key word is surrender. Jonah finally came in the belly of that fish, in the depths of the sea, to the point of praying to God, repenting to God, and surrendering to God. Praising God from the fish's belly for the grace that he wasn't dead yet. And we need to understand that he finally came to the point of surrender. Some of us uh, want to practice partial surrender. Well, God, I'll do it if. Or God, I'll do it when. Or God, I'll do this much but not that much. Or God, don't make me go there. I'll go here. And you need to understand that partial surrender is never obedience. We have to surrender our way and our will to God's plan. And when we really surrender... We follow God's plan. See, sometimes we think we've got it all figured out. And God says, you may have it figured out, but you're not doing what I want done. And that's not obedience. And sometimes we sit there and think, well, because I've done this and this, God is pleased. Let me assure you, if we haven't totally surrendered to his plan, God is not pleased. Okay? I'm going to take it a step further. If it doesn't bother you and cause you consternation, if you say, I've got this. It's probably not God's plan. It's probably not God's will. You need to understand God is in the business of stretching us, growing us, transforming us into the likeness of the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And sometimes that takes a lot of polishing. Sometimes that takes a lot of grit removal. And sometimes it's painful. And it is not comfortable. God did not call us to be comfortable. He called us to be holy. He doesn't, he's more worried about our holiness than he is our happiness. But I assure you that as God works on us and we surrender his plan, we find joy in the doing of his plan. You see, I hear a lot of people saying, well, I just don't know what God's plan is. I just don't know what God's will is. Well, we already know a lot of God's plan. Let me explain it. First of all, God's plan is for us to be saved. Did you hear that? Secondly, God's plan is for us to be involved in a local baptized body of believers. The New Testament teaches that. So we're, we're to be in the church and we're to be serving. That's part of God's plan. Do you realize God's plan means that we're to be witnesses? 
Because we've been saved, we're to tell other folks. We're to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're to be good stewards of our time, our talents, our tithe. Okay, if you're not doing those things, those basic things, you haven't surrendered to God. And I haven't surrendered to God. See, we know a lot more than we uh, really want to admit about God's will in our lives. He wants us to make us more like Jesus, whatever that takes or whatever that looks like. But when I look here at Jonah, he had a specially designed job just for Jonah. He has a specially designed job just for you and just for me. It's a matter of are we willing to surrender to that plan? Or we want our will or our way or do we want God's will and God's way? That's what it boils down to. And we need to ask, have we even bothered to search for God's will and God's plan in our lives? If, how am I going to say this and make it nice? If, if you don't feel the same joy in Christ that you used to feel, if uh, you feel like somebody's moved, or that your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, or that there's something missing in your spiritual walk, you're probably right. And you need to go back to the last time you felt the Spirit moving and the last time you felt God smiling and say, what has changed since then? And whatever it has changed, you need to adjust it and come back to what He has for you to do. And you'll find that joy and the Spirit moving again. Okay? Sounds easy. It's not. But it can be done. The second thing that I see is in verses 4 through 6, when we surrender to God... We surrender to be his spokesperson. Did you hear that? We surrender to be his spokesperson. In verses 4 through 6, we see Jonah preaching. Now, I imagine that he wasn't doing it with a lot of vim and vigor because he didn't want to be there. He had to be forced. I mean, think about it. You had to be swallowed by a great fish and spit up on the ground and then told to go again, and he finally goes. I thought he was probably still bleached out white from uh, the fish juices. He probably has a little bit of seaweed in his ear or his teeth that he's still pulling out. He probably smells a little bit because, you know, getting fish smell off is bad enough when you're on the outside of the fish. Think of what you've been on the inside of the fish for three days. Okay? He had to look pretty bedraggled. If you want to know what bedraggled is, uh, come spend the night at my house, keep the kids all night, and the next morning you will look bedraggled. <laughs> Verse 4. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Remember, it's going to be three days' walk across. Notice his message is very simple. He cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He just says that as he's walking. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a, a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And then the word came to the king of Nineveh. He arose from his throne and laid aside his robe and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Now, think about this. Here Jonah is, and he, he's going to be the spokesperson. He wanted him to go to Nineveh, God did, and to preach. What I want us to understand is he might not be calling you to preach, but he's calling you to share. See, if only preachers tell about Jesus, the world will never hear. There's not enough, enough preachers just to keep up with the population being born. We need to understand that. He's called all of us to share. When you surrender to God's will, when you surrender to his plan, you agree to become his spokesperson. Now realize it wasn't an easy message. Realize Jonah didn't want to be here. Realize who the Ninevites were. We don't really consider who they were. The Ninevites were a very evil, godless 
people. You need to understand that the Ninevites uh, would come in and invade a city, and then they would skin people alive. The Ninevites would hang people on the first cross of straight spires. They'd just hang them up there and let them bake in the sun. The Ninevites, when they carried you off captive, had these large fish hooks, these great big things like our hay hooks, and they would put it right up through here and right through your mouth, and they would chain you like this and the other chain to that person, and they'd lead you into captivity. They were cruel. They were wicked. They worshipped false gods. They did all kinds of evil manner, and yet he has to go through saying, 40 more days and y'all are going to get it. 40 more days and God's going to overthrow this place. 40 more days and we'll see how tough you are, Ninevites. It was not popular. It was not easy. But it's what he was called to do. And like I said, he had to stand against wickedness. The wickedness of the Ninevites. And sometimes we're called to stand against the wickedness around us. To be light in the darkness. To be salt of the world. We're called to be different. We're called to share Jesus. And they should know we are Christians, as the song says, by how we love one another and love them. See, we're called to be his spokespersons. And we need to understand that. There's all kinds of evil that you're going to be called to take a stand against in our our country. You You know, there's just all kinds. You can just pick one and stand against it. It's time for the church to stand up. And I'm not talking about being militant, but I'm talking about being praying and sharing that, that abortion isn't, isn't good. Okay? When you, when you talked about over 66 million kids have been aborted since Roe v. Wade became national law. Okay? When, when, you, when you talk about, about children being abused on every hand, okay, in America... You realize that America, not some foreign country, America is supposed to be a godly nation. There's more pornography in America than any other nation on the face of the earth. I could keep going. We've, le- we've legalized marijuana. Okay, you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Okay, you watch what happens in the next few years. As we have more and more problems and more and more drug addicts and more and more. Because no matter what they say, marijuana is a gateway drug. When it quits, they go to something else. And it'll just be one thing after another. There has not been enough studies to know what the medical benefits are. If there are medical benefits, I think some of the dangers outweigh the medical benefits. It's sort of like uh, when Brother Crease had cancer, his doctor, doctor had the gall tell him, Look, if the pain medicine isn't working, add a little wine to it. He told him that, didn't he, Elizabeth? you remember that? And Brother Crease said, Not on your life. He said, I ain't going to become an alcoholic. Now realize he's dying of cancer, but he knows what the problem with drinking is. Okay? And he wasn't going to stand before God and say, I was guilty of that too. And we need to understand that. There's sometimes that life's tough and sometimes it's hard, but we're called to be God's spokesperson. If you hadn't surrendered a bit to speak up for God, then you haven't really surrendered. Well, I'm bashful and I'm I've seen some of you bashful people. And some of you bashful people are really loud at ball games. Some of you bashful folks are really loud when it comes time. Get out of my way. There's a sale. Now, I know fear can cause you to be quiet, but you see, we need to tell the world about Jesus. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's rewarding because it's God's will and God's way. 
And when you surrender, you agree to speak up for Jesus when you get the chance. Okay? The third thing, in verses 7 through 10. When we surrender to God, we trust in His power. When we surrender to God, we trust in His power. Now realize what's happened. Okay? He's finally gone there. He finally starts walking across. He starts preaching that message. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And in the midst of that message, I don't know how many actually heard Jonah, but it just begins to spread. And what they do is from the greatest to the least, they start repenting. They sit in sackcloth and ashes, which was a sign of repentance and humility, saying we know we're wrong. And it goes so far, it reaches the king's ears. He does it, and then in verse 7 it says, He caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh. So everybody knew what was going on. The decree of the king and of his nobles saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Cry out mightily to God. Yes, let every man uh, turn from his evil way and from the violence that's in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works. They turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster. That he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. Do you realize how amazing this is? Do you realize what's happening? This is what we call spiritual renewal. Revival is for God's people. Spiritual renewal is for those outside that don't know God. This is spiritual renewal. Here they go. He tells Jonah to to go and preach. And Jonah does. Okay. And and, and you'll notice something. that, That it's not about Jonah. It's not about his sermon. It's not about how wonderful a speaker he was. It's about God's power because he's walking through the streets. I don't care if he's shouting from the top of his lungs. If you've got a city that's three days wide, not everybody's going to hear you a street or two over. But God's spirit falls. God's power is displayed. The word begins to spread. Revival begins to break out. And people get right with God because... Jonah wasn't responsible for the results. He was just responsible for being faithful. Now, the next chapter is a different story. Because he should have been rejoicing, but he got mad. You see, Jonah finally surrendered, became an obedient vessel. And one of the greatest revivals mentioned in the Old Testament happens. You say, well, I don't know about God using me. No, you don't. You don't know what God wants to use you for until you surrender. And when you really surrender, God wants to do great things, amazing things that only he can do. And I'm not responsible for the results, and you're not responsible for the results. We're responsible for surrendering and doing what he said to do. And then we're supposed to trust in his power to see what happens. Do we understand that? Have we trusted in God and his power? Have we obeyed God? Okay. I like the way that the founder of the Salvation Army said it. Uh, He said, give me a bucket and a Bible and I will charge the gates of hell. That was pretty good. A bucket and a Bible. What can we do with all that we have? You see, we can surrender and we can trust God's power. We can say, have I surrendered? 
Am I looking to do what God wants? Am I his spokesperson? Am I trusting in his power? Am I working his plan in my life? If so, good. If not, we need to do exactly that. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight? Maybe tonight uh, you need to surrender fully to what God wants done. Maybe you need to come in rededication. Maybe you need to come for salvation. Maybe you need to come to join the church. I don't know. But if you're really willing to do what God would have you to do, you need to step forward and, and surrender. And then follow His plan and allow His power to work through you. I'm going to pray. We're going to stand and you come as you need to come. Father God, we give this time to you. We just ask that your will and only your will be done right now. And that Jesus will be uplifted and glorified in our midst. For he alone is worthy. In Christ's name, amen.